0: Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions, 512-836-0590.
1: Hey, good morning, gardeners. Welcome back, or welcome to Gardening Naturally. A lovely day today. I mean, we're at the last of January, and it is going to be just, weather. I'm above freezing at night, as many as 10 to 15 degrees above freezing. During the day, mid 60s, 170 even this week. Oh my gosh. That is March weather, not the end of January weather. I have a feeling we're going to get a bad surprise simply because We tend to have colder weather, colder weather in February. Hope not. I really hope not. Um, But who knows? If I could predict the weather accurately, I wouldn't be here, folks. Uh, But it's going to be a beautiful week, a very nice week. Get out there and, you know, just. Sit and enjoy the sun. Let's go to the phone. This is Mary. What can I help you with? Hello? Yes, what can I help you with?
2: Um, well, Jeff, due to the heat last summer and some issues in my my yard with some septic, septic tank issues and a lot of digging done, currently my front yard is consists mostly of dirt. And um, I wanted to run by you what my plan was for the spring, which is essentially like around 8, late March, early April, put down some compost and then seed the whole front yard with uh, Bermuda seed. Um, so that's the start. Now, what, what can you add or take away from that?
1: Well, you want to take an advantage that if this is all chewed up, and you're going to put compost down uh use the opportunity to maybe even get a lawn roller because this is going to give you the ability to really make that uh lawn you know pool table flat right which which would be great but your plan sounds very good buff uh excuse me bermuda grass That is probably going to be about the right time of the year where it will start germinating for you. And the only thing I can recommend is that if you buy Bermuda, you're going to find here's 5,000 square feet of Bermuda per bag. If you can, I would overseed by at least 50%. It'll help fill in faster and it'll make for a denser fill. And it'll get you a grass, a turf grass, much faster. But okay. that's, a, that's a good plan. That's a good plan. Do, does your yard get full sun?
2: A, a couple questions. Now, you, when you say my, I, I'm going to guess my yard, my front yard is probably about 2,000 square feet. So based on what you said, so I should get enough Bermuda grass to seed like at least a minimum of 3,000 square feet?
1: That Yes, that'll improve how well it comes up.
2: What, what about putting down some, some corn gluten between now and uh, when I do the compost?
1: You want to have eight weeks between the corn gluten and the time that you start putting down actual seed. So if you can make that gap, because otherwise the corn gluten will kill all your Bermuda grass seed. You want eight weeks, put down the corn gluten, let it do its thing, and then after eight weeks you can put your seed down. But that would not be a bad idea either.
2: Does, Does the corn gluten kill what existing grass I currently have? Nope. Corn nope.
1: gluten is only a pre-emergent. It okay. only prevents weed seeds, well, any kind of seed, from germinating.
2: Okay, so it won't do any harm to whatever what grass I have right now. Correct. Okay. Okay, well, great. Well, thanks a lot for your help, your information, and your guidance. I certainly appreciate that, and I really appreciate your show.
1: Well, thank you for the call, and uh, good luck this spring getting yourself a nice thick lawn there. Um, That is something we need to think about, folks. If I sprinkled Bermuda today, believe it or not, this week's temperatures are kind of close to where Bermuda would start germinating. But we're going to freeze again. We just are. And I would hate to put down all of that seed and it freezes. So we're, we need it to be 50s. Even the the low to be as close to 50 or above for the Bermuda grass to have the temperatures it needs to germinate. And Bermuda is really weird. You could sprinkle a bunch of seed and some seed will come up in seven days or less. And some seeds won't germinate for 30 days. That's why I'd recommend a little bit of overseeding, meaning more seed than the area you need so that You can get it to fill as fast and complete as possible. You'd like to avoid dull spots, spots where, see, I only had a few seeds actually fall there as opposed to, you know, a few feet away where you've got a bazillion seeds in one spot. Try to get it distributed as evenly as possible. That will really help the appearance of the turf. Bermuda by seed is good. Um, It will do really well here. And Bermuda in a full sun yard is a good turf grass. It can handle the full sun. It needs less water than St. Augustine does. And in a heavy drought period, let's say you can't get water to it. It is more likely to come back once we do get rain or we do get our water turned back on. So Bermuda is a really good choice. And of course, everybody knows the bad news about Bermuda. It will grow everywhere. So if I plant it in the front yard and you have flower beds, you're gonna have Bermuda in your flower beds. It may take a while, it may take a year or two before the runners of the Bermuda actually go through the soil and start popping up in the flower bed where you don't want them. And it's kind of hard to get rid of once it's there, but it makes for a very nice turf grass. Looks good. Lower water requirements. It's tougher. You know, we do baseball fields and golf courses with Bermuda. Yeah, so it can handle the traffic pretty good. So Bermuda can get a bad rap because it's aggressive. Some people will call it invasive. But the good news is is it's aggressive. Bare spots fill in quickly, and they can handle pressure on them, meaning dogs, kids. So it is one of the better choices when you're trying to green up your yard. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
0: This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590.
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody. I suppose we're starting to get to that point, aren't we? This beautiful weather, this luscious weather. Scott is starting to think about our turf grass again. If you have not yet this spring fertilized your turf grass, regardless of what kind, you can still do so. It's probably best to get yourself a good organic or dry fertilizer. There's lots of them out there, lots of them, and they're all pretty good. And you can usually get a single bag cover a very large amount of ground, and you can put that down now because it's solid. Because it can can be organic, it will slowly melt into the soil when we get moisture. And you know, even heavy fog, it provides moisture. Doing so will start to make sure those roots for your turf start getting fed. And that's that's actually very important because the better the root, the better the leaf. So regardless of what kind of grass you have, the better roots you can get, the better your turf will be. So... Feeding it now, using something organic. You, the conventional fertilizers kind of like hold your grass by the throat and stuff fertilizer in it. That's, that's not a good return on the grass. But that slow melting and uh, easy to take up for the plants, start. If you have not, this is not a bad time to put down your – spring fertilizers. Now, we may, we will freeze again. It'll still be okay because we want to get the roots going. We want those roots to be nice and deep, nice and thick, nice and healthy. And that's how we're going to do it. We're going to have weird weather between now and then and we don't know if our turf is gonna start growing now. Temperatures are good for it, and we've had rain, or we're gonna get another freeze and it won't be till March that they start growing. That's the advantage of using a dry organic fertilizer. It will just hang around in the soil till the plant needs it. Doesn't get washed down into the water table. And we can start looking at doing that to our turf grass. Those of you who wonder, yes, you can do aeration now. You wanna do plug aeration, the kind that actually pulls out the little piece of dirt. And don't worry about those. They're gonna fall on your lawn. First time it rains, they're gonna dissolve right back into the soil. But if you do aeration, you could do it now. With this kind of weather, oh, it will be a nice day to go out there and run an aerator. So fertilizing and aeration, not a bad time to do it. Now, you want to do the trifecta? That would be um, top dressing. With compost, you do not top dress with topsoil. There's no real topsoil in Texas. And topsoil always has the problem of, because it wasn't composted, there's a lot of weed seeds in topsoil. So you may be spreading topsoil, and you're spreading weed seeds all over your yard too. Compost. Because compost is generally composted, it gets hot enough as it breaks down to sterilize any weed seeds that may be in it. Good deal, right? You don't need a thick layer, a half an inch, a half an inch of compost spread across your lawn will do wonders. Remember when I was talking earlier about those biological critters running around in the ground that we need to have? You're giving them dinner. That's what you're doing when you spread compost. You're feeding the soil biology. And as they go crazy, they make an environment that will be really good for your turf. You'll get good deep roots, better water retention, nice rich green grass. So that's, the, that's kind of the holy grail, the three you need. If you can aerate, great. If you can aerate and then spread compost, top dress, that half inch of compost, it's going to fall down in those little holes and get into the soil even faster. And then follow with, it's about time to get your spring fertilizing in. Now, just like it's possible to have a bowl of vanilla ice cream, Or it's possible to take that vanilla ice cream and turn it into a banana split with all kinds of bananas and nuts and cherries and chocolate sauce and whipped cream. All these add-ins, there are more add-ins you can do to your yard. One would be soil activator. That's a way to boost that soil biology. Another would be molasses. Whether you use dry molasses or liquid molasses, the end result is molasses. The molasses is carbohydrates. It's a really fancy word for sugar. That sugar is the energy source for all of that biology. And you can do molasses you know, you can get a little hand spreader and spread it across the lawn, or you can get a hose end sprayer and spray it across the lawn. I really like the hose end sprayers, they do a great job of getting what you need where you need it. Uh, you can do seaweed solution. You can do that every month, that will help improve uh, the structure of the plant, the root cells, the, the grass cells, the leaf cells, that really improves the structure of the plant and its ability to handle super cold or super hot weather. So these steps, there's a list of them. They're simple and they produce huge returns. They really can make your turf look great. And because we haven't a clue yet, we really have no idea if we are going to encounter another summer like we had last summer. Oh, please, no, I hope not. But we don't know yet. It could be last year was the hottest year on record on the planet. We don't know if this year' is going to be better or worse, so doing these steps now prepares for what could be the worst circumstances and help keep your lawn. <laughs> oh, yeah, someone left me a great note here uh. If you're doing aeration, you really want to be careful if you have underground irrigation. Those little, those little spikes, those little plug aerators will plug right through irrigation lines. I'm laughing and I'm sorry, I know people have encountered this and they're like, damn. It's a pain, no doubt about it. Uh, Just be careful. It is worth the effort. It is worth the effort to um, aerate. So be careful and it will be worth your time and effort to do that. I appreciate the person texting me that. Because, yeah, that is something that we uh, that we will um, occasionally run into. Man, it's frustrating, too. So think before you turn the machine on where you're going. You do not want to, you do not want to poke holes in everything. Oh, this is an interesting question. Some of you had take all root rot. Take all root rot is particularly harmful to St. Augustine grass. However, it can affect Bermuda and it can affect Zoysia. It's less likely to do so, but it can do it. So going from St. Augustine to Bermuda grass, you are improving your odds of a good turf if you've been bitten by the take-all root rot in your St. Augustine, but don't think that they're immune to it. If you look and you get your turf replaced, keep an eye on it. These other grasses can recover from take-all easier and faster than St. Augustine. They they can be much better choices, but they are not immune to the take-all. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Uh, I need to take a break for the news. Be right back.
0: This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590.
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody. Well, I kind of expected this to happen because take all root rot is a problem in central Texas. Actually, it's a problem throughout Texas. Take all root rot is kills St. Augustine grass. It's called take all, because St. Augustine has roots and runners. Take all, destroys the root and the runner. It takes all of the plant, and you'll get dead spots in the yard Take all root rot, likes alkaline environments. That's Central Texas. What can you use to treat it? Well, one is to create that healthy soil. Lots of organic matter. If you were to do top dressing every year, if you were to do the aerating, if you were to do the fertilizing on the proper uh, proper schedule. If you were to do the molasses, the soil activator, the seaweed, those things will give you a healthy turf. If you have the take-all root rot, one of the effective products that they make is called Actinovate. It's actually a strain of fungus, I believe. I don't think it's bacteria. I think it's a strain uh, of fungus that wraps itself around the roots of your turf and protects it from the take-all fungus trying to get into it. So it battles it and tries to kill it. And that can work if you use the actinovate per the instructions. It's a, a powder you mix with water. If you use the actinovate and all those other things, you will be able to battle the take all and you will be able to keep a good lurking a good looking turf grass. Does it work overnight? Nope. You should never think something works overnight. That's that's a bit much. But what you do is it will build better and better turf. Dead patches will slowly fill back in from the good grass around the edges. Um, you'll improve your overall turf. And because you're putting that organic matter and that molasses and that uh, soil activator on your turf, you're building the biology that can fight those nasty diseases. But it takes time and you have to be pretty consistent with it. Now, somebody will tell you, well, don't have St. Augustine take all root rot will affect other turf grasses supposedly it doesn't affect buffalo i don't know about that but it will affect bermuda it will affect zoysia it is rare but not impossible saint augustine is like a magnet for take all root rot That gets to be a problem. So you can look at changing your turf or using a different turf, doesn't guarantee you will be take all free. But it should be more, the other grasses are more resistant to it. Not immune, just more resistant. But if you're using, if you are taking care of your turf in the method you're supposed to annually top dress, annually uh, aerate, fertilize on schedule. Maybe this month you apply molasses, next month you apply seaweed. The next month you do soil activator. This is not requiring you to do everything all at once. That was the weirdest movie, by the way. Anyway, you want to do a constant update. You don't change the oil in your car every day. You don't have to take care of your turf every single day. By taking certain steps and spreading them out, it will give you a beautiful lawn. So keep that in mind. Take the steps that you can, spread them out, and you will get rid of a lot of your problems. Uh, Discuss this question already. Excuse me. You must put eight weeks between applying corn gluten and putting down seed. Make sure you have that kind of window. Otherwise, you're going to destroy your new seed. Now, what about other products? I, I put down new seed. What if I'm fighting the chiggers and I want to put down sulfur or cedar side or whatever? You can do that. Those products are not going to interfere with the seed. But corn gluten will. You've got to have a gap between corn gluten going down and then putting down seeds. If it's not enough of a gap, you're going to wind up, Preventing a lot of the seed you just put down from germinating. Not what you want to do. Um, let's see here. When we uh, when we uh, try to take care of our turfs. Sometimes the simplest things are the most important things. Are you fertilizing? And that applies to whether it's a flower, a tree, a vegetable, or your turf. To get the biggest performance out of your plants, they need fertilizer. Now, that gets to be a little questionable sometimes, right? Because your corn wants lots of nitrogen. Corn is this really weird plant called a C4 that basically can take all the nitrogen you can give it. Well, right next to it, you may have a plant that produces a fruit. And if you put that much nitrogen next to it, What happens is the plant's gonna produce leaves and not fruit. So yeah, sometimes we get stuck with, oh, I gotta go get this fertilizer because I can't do the two of them. There's not one simple, just use this, covers everything. There are some that are very close. There are some where you go, yeah, that's close enough and it'll work just fine. Now, dry or liquid, that's your choice. They both work. They're both fertilizer. Just understand that, generically speaking, liquid fertilizers need to be refreshed more frequently than a dry fertilizer. That's that's about the difference. And you can get liquids and dries and all kinds of combinations anymore. And you can put down dry fertilizer and liquid fertilizer at the same time. I don't know why you would, but you can. So just keep that in mind. You really need to make sure to have healthy plants, to have veggie crops and yields from your uh, fruit trees They're going to need fertilizer. The difference is nobody needs it every single day. Some of your plants may only need it once a week, once a month, quarterly. It depends on the plant. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. We'll be right back.
0: This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590.
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, gorgeous week. Gorgeous week. Oh, congratulations. Somebody sent me a text. A lot of you will see a plant called deer lice or beggar's lice. It produces this kind of tall, pretty white flower, but the flower recedes, and it makes all of these little grain-of-rice-sized seeds that are basically covered in Velcro. So they stick to everything, pets, people, um Your clothing will get covered with them. One of the things that you can do is to get out there and be diligent about the minute you see one of those plants try to flower, go out there and pull it up. It pulls up fairly easily. By doing so, you're going to break the seed cycle. And with any luck, you won't have any next year. But you have to be diligent. You cannot let that plant flower. You start to see that white, you start to recognize what that plant looks like, yank it out of the ground, throw it in the trash. That's the only way to break the cycle. Get rid of the seed cycle and you won't have the weed. That's an easy one, too, because... uh, That's a, that's sort of uh easy one. Also, the bed straw. I, I, there are so many common names for some of these weeds. That weed, sticky weed, you know, you go to grab some and you can't get it off of your uh, glove. Same thing with that. The minute you see that show up, you want to get rid of it. You want to pull it out. That's the only way to get rid of it. It reseeds super easy. And you may never see the flower. It has a, its seeds are formed underneath the leaves. And if you have some this year and you don't get rid of it, you will have 10 times as much next year. So those are two really super easy weeds to get control of. You just have to be aware, observant to, uh, to be able to get to them and get them out of the ground before they leave the next year's seed. But it's possible to do so. It is really possible to do so. And get rid of them fairly easily. So you don't have to deal with them anymore. Early in the spring, just, you know, walk around your property. Look for those weeds. Now, corn gluten, it is our, quote, we are, uh, it's our, quote, organic weed and feed corn gluten is a natural pre-emergent and we're getting close probably the end of february to the middle of march depending of course on what the weather is going to be that you want to put down the corn gluten for the purpose of stopping any weed seed from germinating it does not Stop weeds that have already germinated if you have a growing weed corn gluten is not going to do a thing to it but if you have weed seeds lurking around in your turf and they haven't germinated yet the corn gluten can stop them from doing that now there's one more benefit to corn gluten and it's really important to remember um As it breaks down and it does its trick, creates the chemistry to stop the seed from germinating, it also acts as a fertilizer. It's basically a nine zero zero, lots of nitrogen to green up the grass. So if you use corn gluten, you're gonna stop the weeds and you're feeding your turf. So it's a two-for-one. That's why we call it an organic weed and feed. And hopefully it will do a good job. It will do a good job of really attacking those weed seeds and greening up your grass. Corn gluten in the early spring is really nice because it will give you that green, green turf while it's hammering those weed seeds. But remember, it doesn't affect anything that's already growing. If you keep that in mind, you can understand the utility of it. And again, because it affects the seeds, you want a big gap between the time you put down new seed and you put down corn gluten, you want to see that everything germinates first before you use the corn gluten, or you do the corn gluten and you don't put seeds down for about eight weeks. That way you don't have the corn gluten wiping out your investment in new seed. You can use corn gluten in your garden too. Let's say you're uh, raising onions or garlic. They're hard to weed between. Weeds always wanna come up between your onions. Using, put your onions in the ground. They're already growing, they're not gonna germinate and then dust with the corn gluten in that garden bed. You can do it as frequently as once a month. It will not hurt the onions. It will prevent weed seeds from germinating, so it'll keep your onions easy to get to, and you won't have weeds stealing nutrients. You could do this, too, in like a bed of beets or carrots. But you got to wait till they actually germinate first. Cuz if you don't, they're never going to grow. The corn gluten will kill the seeds. But it works great in a bed of garlic or onions. It will really keep everything nice and clean. And it's easy. It's easy to apply. It you can get it as powder. And you can spread it easily and, and get a handle on the nastiness. This is probably n- too early, folks. I think it's a little too early to be doing corn gluten in your turf. Technically speaking, you could put corn gluten down every month, once a month, because we always have some kind of weed trying to grow. And the corn gluten would eliminate that, except that it's rather expensive to try to do it every month. So we picked the two worst times of the year, the two times when the worst seeds are germinating. That tends to be you would do mid-September through October to prevent spring Seeds from showing up. And you would do mid February through March to prevent your summer seeds from showing up. Now there's some overlap there, but if you are targeting those two times, you're going to greatly reduce the number of weeds that you have in flower beds, in gardens in your turf grass. And your turf's gonna love it. Your, your turf's gonna love having that. You can get corn gluten at a feed store. Yeah, Callahan's, Tractor Supply, they'll carry it. if you can't find it at your nursery. Nurseries, Should be carrying it. Not all do. So call them before you head out. Unless, of course, you just like to drop by nurseries. I have that disease. I love to stop by and see what's new in the growing and available goodies to put in the lawn. So consider corn gluten. It is. It's a great. It's a great way to beef up your turf get those good deep roots good rich grass and knock out most of those weeds so you don't have to deal with them every single year you can win the battle to the point that you may not see certain weeds again unless of course a bird (laughs) or critter or the breeze blows in a new seed. Folks, this has been Gardening Naturally. Uh, Coming up to the end of the show, I will talk to you all again next Saturday at uh, 9 a.m. Have a great week.